When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of the We Are Podcast on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. He's Corey Geiger. I'm Jared Pergar. As always, we've got you covered for Penn State sports. Corey, the odds are out. Are the odds for or against Penn State this year as far as the, uh, the schedule is concerned? Oh, you know what, Jared? I wrote the story the other day when we were at 100 days, 100 days until the start of football season. That was in late May. And Vegas has Penn State at eight and a half wins. That's the over-under. So if, if you're so inclined and you like to play the, play the numbers for entertainment purposes only, uh, the number is eight and a half, Jared. So um, I have written about this and I've talked about this extensively. So I'm going to let you go first and then I'll give you my number. You, you gonna, would you take the over eight and a half or would you take under eight and a half? Well, I'm listen, I'm going to be the forever optimist. I think it's going to be over, but here's what I have so far, right? They're at Purdue to start. I think that's a toss-up to start the year. Ohio, I think that's a win. Um, at Auburn, I think that's a toss-up. Uh, right now, I have Central Michigan. I have them beating Central Michigan. If they lose to Central, a directional Michigan, just, just be done. Just stop. Um, <laughs> Northwestern, I have them winning. And then I also have them winning against – Indiana at Indiana at, against Maryland and at Rutgers. So that right there is six, right? So that means out of the ones that are left, Purdue, Auburn, Michigan, Minnesota, and OSU, not counting the bowl game, right? Because there is a bowl game and that does factor in, but they have to beat three out of those teams. I think Purdue ultimately becomes a win. That gives them seven. I think Minnesota ultimately becomes a win. That is eight. Uh, and then you've got to beat one of Michigan, OSU, or the bowl game. Um, clearly, the bowl game should be, depending on who they play. Depending well, on actually, the eight and a, actually, Jared, the eight and a half total doesn't include the bowl game. Oh, okay. Game, just so you know. Okay. So we're only, we're only going 12 games in that eight and a half total. Right. So I, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I think they're going to pull one out against – Michigan at the big house, they are due. I don't think they have what it takes to compete against OSU. Um, But at the same time, so that puts us at Rutgers, Maryland, Indiana, three, Michigan, four, Minnesota, five, Northwestern, six, Central Michigan, seven, Ohio, eight. Um, And Purdue would be nine. Uh, And then I think they lose at Auburn early in the year. And that's why I think that sets them up to win it at Michigan because of being on the hostile and violent environment um early in the season and i really don't think michigan's going to get challenged until then without looking at their schedule all right i wrote already several months ago i got penn state going seven and five so i'll jump on an under eight and a half in a heartbeat 
and fall in love with that number because I don't even think they get to eight. But they could get to eight, but I'll definitely take under under eight and a half. They lost at home to Illinois last year, for God's sake. Okay. So in 19 overtimes. Is, yeah. And I, I like what you did. What you did is what 99.9% of football people do when they're trying to come up with a record. They, they, look, at, they look at a schedule and they try to find the wins and the losses. Uh, and hey, look, that's how everybody does it. I'm not saying you're wrong doing it. I just don't do it that way. I just don't think Penn State's going to have a very good football team. And so uh, I, I can sit here and say, I think they'll lose at Purdue. I think they'll lose at Auburn. I think they'll lose to Northwestern at home. I think they'll lose at Michigan. I think they'll lose to Ohio State. They could lose to Michigan State. They could lose to Minnesota because they lost at home last year to Illinois. And I really have no confidence that the offensive line and the running game are going to just miraculously be better than they were last year. And I have no confidence that Sean Clifford is going to turn into Kenny Pickett. And so, again, what you did is what football fans do. Let's try to find eight or nine wins on that schedule. And, and I liked the way you did it. But I'm sitting here telling you that when you have a football program that has a bad game day coach, and I do believe James Franklin is a, not a mediocre average, I think he's a bad game day coach. And, and I just think this team has a lot of issues. So I'm going seven and five overall. And I mean, when you can lose at home to Illinois, for God's sake, yeah, that was last year, but I just, I'm not in a good place with this Penn state football program um, right now. I do think 2023 could be a big step forward. I think 2024 could be a giant leap forward in terms of playoff birth or whatever, but 2022, Jared, I'm, I'm not sold on this team at all. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to kind of get a gauge because obviously they haven't played. Yeah, they lost Illinois, and they had some pretty bad losses last year, uh, Michigan State being one of them. But, I mean, this is where Clifford's 75 years of experience comes in handy, uh, in my opinion at least, because, you know, you're you're on it. Like I said, I think they win at Purdue because of that experience. Um, Then obviously you have Ohio and blah, 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 blah. And and Ohio's beat Penn State before. with a lot of Altoona flavor back when they beat them, I believe. And was that 2012? 2012. Yep. The very first game uh, after the Bill O'Brien's first Bill game. First game. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Neil Wynn from Altoona, Alfonso Lewis, Tyler Futrell, all guys that I used to play for or play with uh, in high school. They, they were on that team and, and in that program and they won. Um, and it was a really weird game to be at. Um, but nonetheless, they still lost to Ohio. Um pride and the pride of Jamie Baker, or, or I guess Ohio, or Jamie Baker would be the pride of them. Um, former friend of the podcast, but it's just, you know, it, it's tough because you just don't know what you're going to get at Auburn because they're not going to be as good this year either. Um, Central Michigan, again, direction of Michigan, please don't lose to them. That would just be awful for the program. Although I guess you looking at it, it served Pitt, Pitt all right last year um in northwestern i think they they do that but again this gaunt we talked about the gauntlet schedule right michigan ohio state michigan state um and that was oh that was a game i i i forgot looking at the schedule i forgot about michigan state and that's at home Mm -hmm. uh for the obviously the prestigious land grant trophy I, i apologize uh to all my trophy constituents but 
you know, again, you just don't know what you're going to get. And it's, and that's the tough thing about predicting a schedule and predicting wins in May, June, July, August. You just don't know what kind of program that you would hope that they get the running game um, going because it can't get any worse than it did last year, unless you just abort the run and just run Will Levis 27 times in a row. Yeah. I mean, and it, again, eight and a half is about right. Um, Pitt's total is seven and a half. And there are a lot of Pitt fans on our site that think that should be reversed, that maybe Pitt should be eight and a half and Penn State should be seven and a half. Um, but uh, eight, eight and a half is about the right number. Uh, you, you were talking about you just never know what's going to happen. I would say this. Northwestern, generally speaking, gives Penn State fits. So to say to, watch, to look at that game and think that's automatically going to be a win, even though it's at Beaver Stadium, you know, Northwestern always finds a way. Here's one thing I can tell you uh, with pretty good certainty, and that is that Kirk Shiraka wants to beat James Franklin's ass. I'll guarantee you that. Kirk Shiraka is now back at Minnesota. He got fired at Penn State after one year, and then Mike Yersich's offense was worse than Kirk Shiraka's offense when he was there. And so I, I I just have a bad feeling about that Minnesota game I think Kirk Shiraka is going to want to come in and really re- – now, look, I don't know that Minnesota can do this, and we'll see, but if Minnesota's got any kind of quality team or any kind of offense, I can see Kirk Shiraka on, a, on October 22nd wanting to come in and really, really give a giant middle finger to James Franklin. Again, don't know if it'll happen, but I'll guarantee Kirk Shiraka will, will want to try to do that. Now, the difference between now and the last time Kirk Shiraka was at Minnesota is that this game is actually at Penn State, mm-hmm. not in Minnesota. And when they won, when the, when the Golden Gophers took the, took the Nittany Lions down, but that was a team that was loaded with talent, both quarterback, receiver, and running back. Um, and, yeah, Penn State just looked awful that game. I remember I was watching, and I think, Robert Morris and Duquesne play um, at Robert Morris, and we were watching that game on the, video, on, on the TV screen. And that game was just horrendous. I think there were three picks in the game. I think they were all by Sean Clifford. It was just horrific. And that game really derailed that season. But, Corey, let's take a quick break here and let's really come back and and really talk game by game what we think could happen uh, for Penn State here in the next segment. back to the we are podcast and dk pittsburgh sports podcasting network he's Corey geiger as always i'm jared Prugar. Corey, it's schedule time baby let's talk and the scheduled times have come out because we talked about different factors right when they play each other in the season but time matters right we are under 100 days to the start of the season now most teams by the time this is published they're right at 199 days to the start of the season. But Penn State starts on Thursday. So they're a little bit more advanced. Their season starts a little sooner. They're at Purdue on a Thursday night under the lights against the Boilermakers. What do you think that game is going to entail? Because Purdue under uh, is a really tough team. I think that's going to be a loss. Aiden O'Connell, have his numbers in front of me, 3,712 yards passing. 
28 TDs last year, 11, T, 11 interceptions, uh, completed 71.6% of his passes. Um, I look at that game, Jared, uh, as a loss. And, you know, depending on how some things happen injury-wise, personnel-wise, I will probably pick Penn State to lose that game because I don't think Penn State's defense is really going to be all that great um, early on in the season. Brent Pry did a great job at Penn State. He's now gone to Virginia Tech. You bring in Manny Diaz. You lose Jaquan Brisker to the draft. You lose Arnold Ebicady to the draft. You lose some key linebackers to the draft. You got a lot of holes in, or, 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 or plug, plug a lot of holes on that defensive side of the ball. And it's not like Joey Porter Jr. was really good in coverage last year. So um, there, is, there is potential for the, def- for the defense this year, Jared. And if they were starting off at home against Iowa – or I'm sorry, against Ohio or Central Michigan, I would, be, I would feel a lot better. But you got to go on the road and face a senior quarterback who is a legit passing guy. Um, I, I, I just I – see, I see Purdue moving the ball through the air a lot. And so if Penn State can run the ball out there, then, yes, Penn State can win the game. If Sean Clifford has to go toe-to-toe with Aiden O'Connell, then I think Purdue wins that game. Yeah, that's tough. I like the experience of Clifford here, um, and that's why I took them to win that game because, uh, to me, it is a toss-up because that's tough. Man, it's a Thursday night. I don't know that Purdue is necessarily ready for that type of environment. I would hope that their stadium is filled and that it's a great atmosphere for a football game. But, again, I mean, they're at home. Penn State is accustomed to playing in front of big crowds and big moments in prime time. Is Purdue going to be ready for that moment? Is Aiden O'Connell going to be ready for that moment? I think that there's a possibility that he could, but that's why I give Penn State the slight upper hand um, just in handling the logistics of it. They're playing on a Thursday night, which I, I, I don't know that I feel really warm and fuzzy about college football games on Thursday nights, but that's my own personal opinion. I think football for college should be played on Sundays, or I'm sorry, on Saturdays, rather. But again, man, I have, for me, I like Clifford's experience. I have zero clue what the run game is going to do, but you would hope that they would be better. Um, Again, we don't know until they hit the field, but I give Penn State the upper hand against Purdue. Vegas Vegas has Penn State minus three. There are early odds out, so uh, Vegas has Penn State favored by three points on the road as of right now. And I, and I like that. I, I truly do. But then they come home and they play Ohio, which is a warm-up game and a kind of a – maybe that's not – the, they've got multiple days – a couple extra days to prepare uh, for Ohio, which I would expect. I don't ever like to say that you're going to look, overlook an opponent, but if there's ever a team to overlook, it would be Ohio leading up to Auburn. It's a noon game. That would be the only – where I think they take care of Ohio pretty easily. The only concern there would be that it's, it's a noon game. And, you know, we, we all know Penn State has struggled traditionally in, in those noon Saturday games. But I think we can both say they'll beat Ohio probably pretty handily. Then at Auburn, and Jared, you brought up a good point earlier about we, don't, we just don't know how good Auburn's going to be this year. And that's a program that's kind of under turmoil, right? Brian Harson has not had the greatest of experiences at Auburn, good, bad, or indifferent. Um, and a lot of it's kind of been brought on by himself and internally. But that's, I think that's an issue, too. I think when you look at kind of the structure of the programs, obviously Penn State is much more established. But Brian Harson is, is a very good football coach. Now, can he limit those distractions, minimize those distractions to get those guys prepared to play Penn State? 
in the third week of the season. Well, it's going to be a massive game for them. It's going to, you know, kind of define their season in the early going. And Brian Harson Brian Harson's going to be coaching for his job this year, uh, I think. And, and you know, they could really struggle in the SEC. Um, so I'm I'm picking Auburn in that game slightly. That's uh, hey, it's going to be cool. A, a night game um, in uh, the SEC, a Saturday night game. We saw Auburn come down last year for the whiteout here. Now they'll have a big atmosphere there. Uh, again, I, I just think I think Auburn's going to be ready for that. Not that I think Auburn's going to be a great team, but uh, you know, to go into an SEC stadium and be able to run the ball, which again I think is what Penn State's going to have to do against all these teams. I, I, I just don't have a lot of confidence there. So I'm I'm going to take that as a loss as well, Jared. What gives me confidence is the same thing that gave me confidence against Purdue: experience. You have for Auburn. When you look at quarterbacks, you have T.J. Finley, uh, who's a junior transfer from LSU, right? He's projected, and I think he'll, he'll be the starter for Auburn at that time. So you've got that, right? And then that's, again, he, when he was at LSU, obviously things didn't go well. So here we are. Now, behind him, you've got Zach Calzada, redshirt sophomore transfer. Again, um, you have to, to really be worried about what those teams and what those players have gone through to get to that point. That's a lot of transfers and a lot of inexperience in that system. While, you know, Finley has played in the SEC, again, it's a much different animal playing a team from the Big Ten. Not that they're better than the SEC by any means, but it's going to be a different type of atmosphere um, moving forward for the, for the Tigers. And I think that's why... If I have to give an edge to anybody, I know in the first segment, um, I believe I took Auburn too, but I do think that Penn State, because of that experience and because of um, them playing in bigger games, I think they do hold a slight edge, in my opinion, against um, Auburn. All right, I can assume we're both going to pick them to beat Central Michigan. I am going to pick, again, as of right now, and you know, I reserve the right to take a look at how these teams are playing, you know, as the season goes on. Right. It's his only man. As of right now, I would pick Northwestern to beat Penn State. I, I, I just – Northwestern gives Penn State fits. Um, Pat Fitzgerald just has a way of, of, of coming up with a game plan traditionally. I think he's a better game coach than James Franklin. So I, I think that is a – I'm, I'm, I'm kind of going back and forth on that one a little bit. As of right now, I, I would say Northwest – I would be very – cautious of Northwestern coming in and being able to pull off that, that upset. Oh, Northwestern is a scary team. They always are. And I, I love that matchup because I think both teams for the most part are focused a lot on student athlete experience. They're focused on the student as well as the athlete, not saying that other teams are, but you know what you're getting from Penn state and Northwestern, you know, and, and Northwestern is always due for a, for a win that's inconvenient for mm-hmm. everybody else other than them. And I think that's something to kind of pay attention to too. But I do think that Penn State is just better athletically than them, and I think they're just going to outwill Northwestern to, to start there. All right, so then a bye week at Michigan, and uh, I just don't see Penn State going to Michigan and winning that game. Yeah, I think that's tough. Um, again, playing at the big, the big house is a house of horrors for Penn State. It has been – for years and years um i remember watching i think 
single-handedly the worst game. When Tommy Stevens' interception, just horrific um, at the big house a couple years ago. But, again, I, I, you just don't know what you're going to get from Michigan, right? You never really do, to be perfectly honest with you. And I think that's an issue, too. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's tough to go into the big house and win there. McNamara is going to be there. I think that's huge. Should he stay healthy? So if you want to talk about experience, I think that gives it a push. Um, but Penn state's got to either steal one at Michigan or win against Ohio state. And I think if you're going to look at it, the most likely situation is Penn state to win at Michigan, not saying that they do, but if you're going to compare Michigan and Ohio state, I think, you know, they've got to win at Michigan. All right, Jared, here we go, baby. October 22nd, Minnesota at Beaver Stadium. Who is Penn State's starting quarterback for that game? Oh, that's a good question. Let, because here, here's – I think we might have done this in a podcast before. Uh, if they lose to Purdue, Auburn, and or Northwestern or Michigan, if they're sitting there at 3-3 three and three, with Minnesota coming to town, you, you sit Sean Clifford down. Yeah, you play I, the I, young I, guys. I strongly believe that. If they're three and three, the Sean Clifford experience is over. And at that point, not only do I think – not only do I think James Franklin should play Drew Aller, I think he will have to in order to keep Drew Aller in the program. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, that's a tough call, right? If because you If you don't play Drew Aller – while your season has fallen to shit, then you run the risk of Drew Aller transferring after the year. If you if you're just gonna stay, if you're gonna stay loyal to Sean Clifford, if you're three and three or four and three or something. Now look, maybe they beat Northwestern, maybe they beat Northwestern and lose to Minnesota. So again, the whole point is, and then you've got Ohio State there at Beaver Stadium, and this is why I think it's very interesting because we can sit here and say, well, James Franklin's got to go to Drew Aller and, and, and give the guy a shot. But then you've got Ohio State coming here, and, and Sean Clifford has actually been able to keep Penn State close against Ohio State, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to go against what James Franklin wants to do against the Buckeyes coming up on October 29th. So you see, there are, that, there are so many issues with who's even going to be playing in these games once we get to game six, seven, eight. Yeah, and I think that's tough because, you, you know, you look at my prediction and I have them at 5-0 and going to the Michigan. You have them much different than that, right? So you have them, I think, at 3-2. and two. Let me ask you a question. I, I, I'm always curious about this, um, and I'm not trying to put you on a spot here. You grew up a Penn State fan, right? Yes. Okay, people think that I'm critical of Penn State. I just, I just don't know how – I'm just curious here. After what you've seen for the last two years with this program shitting the bed the way that it has, how can you sit here and say they're going to go to Purdue and win, to Auburn win, beat Northwestern? I just, where are you getting that level of confidence from a team that just lost eight players to the NFL draft and still finished seven and six? Right. I, I mean, my confidence is coming from what I've seen on the roster. On paper, I think they are better than those teams in those instances. So, obviously, I'm going with paper. Clearly, game day atmosphere and game day play is much different, right? Because on paper, 
Penn State should be a nine and three or a ten and two team. Aiden O'Connell, Aiden O'Connell is a better quarterback than Sean Clifford. I'm not bar none. Oh, without uh, a so, doubt. But, but it's not but, just about the quarterbacks. That's true. Everything else you said, I, I would agree because of the because of the recruiting, and, and I think last year's recruiting class, we're not going to see the full fruits of that for a couple years. I would agree with you that Penn State has better players, but the problem is, I go back to earlier. They lost to Illinois last year with better players. There's something in this program that there's a giant disconnect that doesn't click, and you can have all these really good players, but you got to show up on Saturday and perform, and right. that's really what we've not seen on, Penn State do. On paper, Penn State looks phenomenal. They're getting five stars, four stars, three stars, everything. They're getting them produced. Now, the game day between the lines, that's a lot different. Now, we just don't know what's going to happen, but with me on paper, Penn State, I think, is better than those teams. Because, again, you look at Purdue, Aiden O'Connell, whatever, he's got experience. So does Sean Clifford. Now, who's better around him? He loses his top receiver. So does Sean Clifford. Penn State does return their, their top backs. And I think that if, if Penn State can establish a run game early in the season, I think that is huge. Now, again, we have toss-ups against, Ohio, or against Auburn and Northwestern. Anything can happen in those games. And by the way, real quick here, Auburn, Penn State is plus one at Auburn, so that's right. the ultimate. That's the ultimate toss up. Uh, they could beat Northwestern. There's no question. I, I'm, I don't know. They could beat real. any of these teams. Absolutely, no question. But Will I, they? I don't this know. Is a, this is a big number. They're plus seven at Michigan. We haven't gotten to Michigan yet, but that's uh, after the bye week. They're plus seven at Michigan. I thought that number was a little high, given how close these games usually usually are. Although they they have struggled at the big house over, over the years, so that's a big number out there on October fifteenth. Yeah, yeah, and I think again it, it has been a house of horrors, uh, and that's scary, right? But they have to win one of those games. They have to, and then you look at Minnesota, and that's the Kirk Sharaka Cup, right? He's going to want to beat Penn State. Penn State's going to want to beat him, um, and and again if if right they're three and two or two and three going into that game which i i think they could they could very there it's penn state football is so weird right because they could be five and oh they could beat purdue ohio auburn central michigan and northwestern they could be three and two and beat a purdue or they, they could beat ohio central michigan and beat a purdue or an auburn or a northwestern or they could be two and three and beat only ohio and central michigan or God forbid, they could be a one and four and zero and five. They are so Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. You just don't know what they've got, right? They could be one. They could be any of those. That's why, again, and that's what's scary. These games are what we're look. I'm gonna I'm gonna coast through the. I think they lose to Ohio State. I think they win out. I'm going that they beat, win at Indiana, beat Maryland, win at Rutgers, beat Michigan State. So I'm just gonna coast through that. That's why we're spending so much time on the first half of the schedule here, because again. If, if they roll through those first five games, Purdue, Ohio, Auburn, Central Michigan, Northwestern, then Sean Clifford's probably your starting quarterback the rest of the season. And if they don't, then you've got to figure out between Drew Aller and Christian Veyu, who's your guy? What if, what if they do win those? And say they lose to Michigan, and they're 5-1, and one, they got Minnesota. You know, the, the longer Sean Clifford plays, the more challenging it gets for James Franklin. It, with regards to Drew Aller and maybe even Nick Singleton, you know, depending on how the running back depth goes, because we are in the era of transfer portal and NIL. And I'll ask you this point blank, Jared, as we're trying to preview these games, 
what how how confident are you that Drew Aller will be on Penn State's roster for the 2023 season? Give me give me give me a percent number. I'd say probably 60-40 at this point. 64. Okay, that, that's good. I was gonna. I was probably gonna go seventy percent. Maybe even a little more. But but all I'm saying is, there's a thirty to forty percent chance, perhaps, that if things don't go well this year, somewhere else could provide an opportunity for. So we it can't, is a we, very 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 volatile market in transfer yeah. portal, and I think that's something you really have to be cognizant of because again, we talk about this all the time. Coaches have to re-recruit, and if you're losing and you're still running out your guy that's a sixty-five year starter. And you're and the results just aren't happening for what would be the third year in a row. You you're not just losing your quarterback, you're losing your locker room. That's right. And yep. you can't afford to do that. And you want to because it's a it's a fine line because you want to develop your program for years after year after year, but you also have to stay focused on the game at hand, right? You want Drew Aller to to be a productive uh, NCAA quarterback. You want Christian Vu to be a productive member of the roster, right? So that's what's tough about it because you also want to develop those guys and make them better down the road, but you also have to win games now. And that's what's tough. And, you know, looking at Minnesota, I think they win because it's going to be at Beaver Stadium. So I think they could easily be 6-1, and 5-2 and two going into um, OSU at Beaver Stadium. Yeah, and that game, that's a 12-point line right now. That number really jumped off the page to me. The way Penn State plays Ohio State tough, the fact that it's at Beaver Stadium, as of right now, the early Vegas odd is Penn State plus 12 at home. I'm going to pick Ohio State to win, but, man, what I would do there is buy the number up to plus 14, get yourself two extra points of protection there. You could probably get plus 14 at about 160 or so, minus 160. But that's clearly the way you would go there. So you know, there we go again. So really, the, the the game I look at that is kind of a swing game. The swing games would be Auburn, actually all of them: Purdue, Auburn, Northwestern, Minnesota. All of those are kind of swing games. I just don't think Penn State wins all four of them. I think they lose at least two of them, and then depending on where the team and the program are after you've lost some of these games, and if you lose at Michigan. I, I just think you've got to be making a be looking at making a quarterback change there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're two and three, four and two. I mean, I think if you're if you're on the plus side, if you have more than one loss, I think that's when you really have to consider it, right? If you lose the first six games of the year and you lose more than one or two games, then you have to make a change because you're, again, you're not going to lose the quarterback. You're going to lose the locker room. That's the last thing you need. Um, at this point, at that point in the season, because you're going to go into a gauntlet, the gauntlet of the schedule, because you got Michigan, Minnesota, and Ohio State. If you have two or three losses by that, that's not good. But a at lot the of same time, depends on how Clifford's play. If Clifford's right. going for three forty a game and they're losing by a point, because well, now we're having a different discussion. Right. We have to obviously it's indicative of what's going on in the, in the situation, because it could again we're talking about the offense. The defense, I think, has just as many, if not more, question marks because gone is Brent Pry. He is at Virginia Tech, who, and oddly enough, and I really, honestly, I think I might, if I'm able to, go to this game. They play Old Dominion first week of the season. Virginia Tech plays at Old Dominion. And, and that's, uh, that's Brent Pry versus Ricky Ronnie, the two uh, former Penn State coordinators, defensive and offensive, which I think is a really cool matchup. But, again, 
it depends on Clifford. It depends on the defense. It depends on a lot of different factors. On paper, Penn State could be a lot of different things, and it'll be interesting to see whether that works out or not. Yep. Yeah, so it's fun. It's fun breaking down the schedule. Again, we don't know exactly how each game is going to go, if Clifford can stay healthy or not or whatever. That will be a determining factor. But I'm, I'm looking at – I'm going with the under 8.5. Jared's going with the over uh, 8.5. There are a lot of these toss-up games, boy. And, and we're going to – just to close this segment, Jared, I'll echo what you said. My, my single biggest concern about the team is not Sean Clifford. It's the defense. I, I think this defense – while there's a lot of a potential with some good young players and recruits, I see that maybe for the second half of the year and going into next year. I think the first half of this year, starting at Purdue against an NFL-caliber quarterback, going to Auburn in week three, uh, I, I just think there's going to be a lot of pressure on that defense early on. Yeah. I, again, man, on paper they look great, right? Manny Diaz, I think, is a home run hire on paper. We thought Kurt Rocco was a home run hire on paper so there's just so much to be determined and I think that I mean that's great it gives us good fodder for now until August and September but again so much is riding on James Franklin this in the season because guess what he's got the contract the contract is there but it's can he continue to develop can he continue to win games because he hasn't proven that in the last few seasons but we're going we're gonna to wrap up this segment, and, and Jared and I didn't discuss this, but I want to hint for the next segment. I want to get into, Jared, a little bit of the Beaver Stadium discussion that we had last week, kind of just a little bit of a follow-up, because I did hear from a lot of people over the last week or so. So maybe we can touch on that here coming up in the third segment. And with that, let's head to our quick break from the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. segment of the we are podcast and the uk pittsburgh sports podcasting network he's geiger i'm jared we talked beaver stadium renovations demolition finding a new field all of the above last week um and we got a lot of good solid feedback Corey. but what were some of the things that kind of hit home for you yeah i i, I discussed this on my radio show throughout the week and got a number of calls and i had some emails and texts from some people up at Penn State, and I was actually surprised because the, the, my position on it is I think they should build a new stadium, but I don't think they will simply because the atmosphere and, and, and iconic Beaver Stadium. You agreed with that, and we talked about it. It's not like we're seeing a trend around college football that people are tearing down football stadiums and building new ones. We're, we're not seeing that. So I, my, I tend to think that um, Beaver Stadium will just be renovated over time, and, and that'll be the way to go. But I did hear from, I'd say, at least a dozen people, which surprised me, who said, hey, they would prefer the stadium be torn down. And it, I wasn't necessarily expecting that from Penn State fans. Uh, we also had Mark Wogenrich from uh, the Fan Nation at SI.com was on my show, and he surprised me a little bit. He said he thought – that Penn State ultimately will, will build a new stadium. And so I, 
I, I think that they're going to renovate. I would prefer that they build a new stadium, but it does seem to be there. There does seem to be a lot more feeling out there than maybe I even uh, thought Jared from the fan base that, Hey, they would be perfectly, a lot of people would be perfectly fine if they did tear down the stadium and build a new one. Yeah. And I think that's tough, right? I mean, there's, again, like we talked about last week, there's a lot of history, a lot of tradition at Beaver stadium. It's not saying that there can't be the same at Beaver stadium at the, at the new Beaver or however you would want to say. Oh, it's um, uh, we came up with, it. I think it'll be sheets field at Wawa stadium or something. How about that? Brutal Corey. That's brutal. That's a lot of slander. <laughs> <laughs> we use Gitco around these parts. Let's be real. Yeah. Um, can't forget Rudders and, and anybody else. Um, and by the way, any of those four, we are obviously all for you guys sponsoring any of us. I can, <laughs> Absolutely. I can eat convenience store wraps all day, every day. Um, but yeah, I mean, financially speaking, it. Ugh, ugh. Um, I, I just don't know what they're going to be capable of. But Corey, so let's okay. We both agree that they probably should run it. They're probably not going to tear it down, but they could, and that'd be a lot of money. But Corey, what would you name the new Beaver Stadium? Um, I I prefer some type of either historic or uh, you know Lion Stadium or something like that, as boring as that might be. But they're going to get paid. They're going they're going to get paid. So uh, I have no doubt that just because it's going to be so expensive, whatever they do, it's going to be the, the highest. It's not going to be Sheets Field at Wawa. Those, those kind of companies, they don't have, I don't think, the kind of money to spawn. But uh, I, it, it's going to be a lot of money for those naming rights, pal. Oh, my God, absolutely. Um, and I think that's what's going to be funny about it, right? Because it's going to be a bidding war. And that, that obviously helps, right? I mean, $14 million, $15 million, $20 million to go towards – naming rights of a stadium, I think is awesome. But at the same time, at the same time, you know, I, I think it's going to be something field at something stadium. Yeah. Right? Because that way you can sell two naming rights. Could it be blaze Alexander field at the Nittany line bookstore field, stadium and field? No, I'm just, I'm just joking about those, but no, that's a good point, Jared. You, you do try to sell both of them. So, so that you can get, get right. double the sponsorship. Or, or if it's some, or let's say it's Eric Barron stadium or, or, or let's, let's, let's not give her, let's give her the benefit of the doubt. Cause she's uh, the athletic director of the year, right? Let's Sandy not. Barber stadium. Let's not. <laughs> let, let, For the let's, sake of this argument, let's, let's go, let's go to sheets field at Sandy Barber stadium. Right? Uh, That's a lot of alliteration. Um, or do you just keep it Beaver stadium and it just be a no. little bit different? It will not. It's like Bush Stadium. You have seventy-five different versions of. It. First of all, I don't even like the name Beaver Stadium. Nobody even knows who Beaver. James is. A. Beaver. Yeah, but Penn State fans, younger fans, don't know who that is unless they actually look it up. Even older I, fans don't look. No, I would one. not. Again, I would not be opposed to if they could come up with some catchy name that included the Nittany Line or you know Nittany View or I don't know whatever. But you got to get you got to get paid. You got you got to get paid for that. So oh. You know, could Terry Pagula could could Terry Pagula kick in a hundred million bucks and it be and it be Pagula Field at uh, I don't know whatever stadium. Well, so, at that point, you might as well just name the entire campus Pagula State University. Hey, if he wants to give them, if he wants to give them enough money, whoever pays enough money, that's what the stadium's going to be called. I've got about ten dollars, Corey. What do you got? Uh, I don't carry cash. I like to end our podcast with just ridiculous conversations, as you know. 
I don't carry cash. Do you carry cash? I try to, but only because I the little league field I coach at requires cash. You guys have you know you don't have to pay to get in over there. You're talking about for the concessions. Concessions, yeah, I, I got yeah. my chicken fingers. I literally do not carry cash. I have my phone with me at all times, so I, I I can pay with my debit card or my Apple Pay on my phone. And so my kids they 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 get upset at me all the time because they're like, hey, can we can we stop here and get something? You know, McDonald's for a dollar or two or what have or get go. I'm like, I don't have any money. And if I don't have my phone with me rarely, which is not the case, I, I just, I'm just one of those people and I'm 48 years old. I just, I I'm, I'm all for a cashless society. Yeah. I mean, that's far less change that I had to put in my change drawer, but Corey, let's, before we go here, I know we talk about crazy conversation, but do you, let's talk history. You mentioned James A. Beaver namesake of Beaver stadium. Well, what was, what do you, what do you know about James Beaver? He was the governor, and uh, I think he, was he the governor when Penn State either was formed or was getting a lot of money and stuff like that. Uh, I think it was, he was like the late 1800s and very influential in helping the university become a major player, that kind of thing. So, but beyond that, uh, I'd have to cheat to look up anymore. But I do know it was 130, 140 years ago, and Penn State fans have no idea who he is unless they actually decide to look it up. Yeah, so he was both governor of the state of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Um, and he held that office from 1887 until 1891. And then he was the president of the university from 1906 to 1908. He was preceded by another famous name in, in State College, George Atherton. Mm-hmm. So, yes, so maybe they needed to start naming some, something new. Who would be the who would be the worst name that you would come up with for for the new Beaver Stadium? <laughs> are are we really going down that path? Let's go, Corey. We're already on it. We're already on that path. We are on Atherton Street. We're cruising towards College Ave or well, even then, Beaver Avenue. Hey, if folks have stuck in this long, uh, I'll piss you off at the end. The worst name they could possibly do would be Joe Paterno. Uh, that's not happening. They need to move on from that as much as absolutely possible. Um, so I. There will be a push for a Joe Paterno field or whatever. That's going to go nowhere. Um, so I, I'll just leave it at that. And if I'm offending any Penn State fans, well, then tough. So, so we're kind of along the same wavelength. I would have said Jay Paterno. Um, oh, oh. Well, there's no shot of that. <laughs> there's no shot of either. But um, either way, we like to have fun on this podcast. We thank you, as always, for listening to the We Are podcast on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. For Corey Geiger, I'm Jared Pergar. Thank you, as always, and we hope you have a great week.